You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. I, um, my mum, when we were young, um, us, us kids, we, st- we were all in primary school, Bigger Waters down there, Bigger Waters State Primary School, and uh, all of us were struggling in some sort of way or whether it was bullying or some academic stuff. And so mum made the decision, I was in year seven, my siblings obviously in different grades, to take us home and homeschool for a year. And um, she hadn't been a teacher before, but very nervous about it. But out of this care and worry about it, she wanted to just take us home for a year and see if she could bring us up to speed. Um, fast forward a year later, I was going into high school, Southport State High, all local schools. Um, and was going into high school and we did these big exams to see which classes we would sit, where do we fit in the high school. And I didn't know this, but my mum nervously rang the school and said, how did he go? And they said, well, look at your son's timetable and the second last letter will kind of show you where he's positioned. She read the room number, which was F9, and spent the week sleepless, what have I done, worried about me, concerned, what have I done to my kids, I tried to help them, now they're in F9, (laughs) I've somehow made it worse, and so she didn't sleep that week much, and just this deep care that, look, I'm going to stop saying that this, I know all parents, all spiritual parents, aunties, friends care like this, but for the sake of this morning, There is something deep about a a mother's care, a mother's worry, a mother's concern. It runs deep. They want what's best. Turns out, she found out it was a room number, and actually, this didn't last very long, but it was actually the top male in the school for academics. So, um, yeah, it didn't last long, sorry. So, I think by year nine, year ten, I was back down to about... Average, if not below average. <laughs> but she gave me a head start for that year. So she did well, but she was so worried. And so I just, I love that celebrating that care and that beauty. I know that may be not your experience with your mother either, but that's been my experience with my mum. And that's one of the things I appreciate her, that she's always wanted what's best. Deeply concerned. Sometimes overly concerned, sometimes overly worried, but at the heart of it, it was concern for her children. Such a beautiful picture that I like to celebrate on Mother's Day. Because I wasn't going to preach on Mother's Day this morning. I don't, wasn't going to force our passage into Mother's Day. But then I opened where we're at to. We're going through Luke, if you don't know, slowly going through Luke. And I opened at a passage that has a certain femininity to it. And I thought, someone else is in charge and I'm thankful for that. And he'd given me a perfect passage, I actually think, for Mother's Day. And so let's have a bit of a read. Luke 10. Don't switch off if you're not a mother, though. This is for everyone. But let's have a look. Luke 10. It's a passage we've looked at in this church a few times. I love it, but hopefully it's an encouraging reminder today. Luke 10. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. 
but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I love the Bible. I love how human it is. We think of the Bible, God's Word. We've been talking about this as our practice for the month, about God's Word sitting this tension of both holy but human. This is a story just as old as time. Hospitality, comparison, competition, and siblings. Those stories get told in every generation. Martha overwhelmed because she's hosting the Messiah. It reminds me of the look on my mum's face at different events or pre-different events. My kids know that they can act if they go to grandma's. They know they can act like we've never fed them, ever. (laughs) And the fridge is always open. Hospitable, they can just, I don't know, my kids come in and go, oh, I'm hungry for grapes. I'm really hungry for chocolate. I think chocolate would go down the tree. And, of course, grandma opens the fridge. I'll find, there seems to be all in there. I'll find some chocolate and I'll find some grapes. So, we're like, we do feed them, mum. (laughs) Sure, sure. I don't know if she believes me because they come acting like we've starved them for the week. (laughs) So, we're so hungry. We all know that stress, though, of hosting, entertaining, um, male or female, most of us would be familiar if we host. It's quite stressful. We know. We know what Martha's under. This is not unique. We know how she must have felt. Hosting the disciples, all, all just running, like, just be stressful. It's a big deal hosting Jesus. And you know what's funny? And I'd never picked this up. Of all the times I've preached on this passage, I've never picked this up until this morning or till this time of preparation. Jesus doesn't call her out for being hospitable. Jesus isn't the first to say, hey, Martha, come sit down. He doesn't start with that. No one says it. They let her be hospitable. He doesn't call her a name. He doesn't have a go at her. He doesn't say, why are you running around? He doesn't say, calm down. He doesn't say any of that. I assume he actually is enjoying the hospital. I assume his disciples are eating and drinking. I'm assuming they're actually enjoying the hospitable, the hospitality, sorry. What I find masterful, and of course it's Jesus, that's why, is when he chooses to respond. When Jesus decides to speak up is when she decides to tell Jesus where her sister should be what her sister should be doing. What he, therefore, should find important. When she says, it's not fair. The line could look, do you guys even understand the pressure I'm under this morning? It's not so much a dig at hospitality, not at all. It's a dig at us telling Jesus what his priority should be for us. What's important to us. Don't you know Jesus, that she's not even helping, that's when he chooses to respond and engage. And he doesn't do it nastily at all. And do you know what? For a a little bit of cultural information here, for a woman at that time, not saying this is right, but for a woman at that time to speak to a rabbi like that, telling him what he should be doing or telling him what he should be telling him, is, yeah, is a no-no. 
the rabbis literally, some we know some Pharisees would pray, thank God that they're not a woman in the morning because that's how women were treated in that society. And here's her going, Jesus, you need to tell them what to do. You need to take what I'm doing seriously. Yeah, she's lucky he's Jesus because he's so kind in his response. He only responds when she decides to tell them all what they need to be worried about. She, she communicates seemingly that I, they aren't concerned with her concerns. They don't care. That perhaps Jesus doesn't even notice what she's doing, appreciate what she's doing. Jesus, because he's Jesus, sees the depth of what she's actually asking. He knows it's more, so much more than just, can my sister help me please? She's asking, it's so much more of a deeper question. There's more worries. He even says this. He says you're upset about many things. He knows there's more than just this. You're worried about many things, he says. And when I think about that line, you're upset and worried about many things, my first, <laughs> my first thought was this. Worried and upset about many things, it was welcome to 2022. <laughs> Lots of things in our world at the moment to be worried about and upset about. Lots of things. So many things in life at the moment to feel anxious about. And what makes it worse, I think for us, this is turning to us now, I think for us what makes it worse is, no, we don't look over and see Mary sitting there at Jesus' feet, but we have social media and neighbours. So when we're feeling anxious, when we're feeling worried, when we're concerned... We don't look over and see G uh, Mary peacefully sitting at Jesus' feet. But what we do seem to see, let me see, tell you some of the things I do as soon as I turn on my phone. How come everyone else's kids behave better and pose for photos better than mine? That's not fair, Jesus. How come everyone seems to holiday more? You know some of this isn't true. We just post our holidays. But you get on there and you're like, gee, everybody has a lot more holidays because every photo they take on Instagram is holidays. And everyone does really nice and expensive things. A lot, it seems, as soon as I turn my phone on. It seems like the couples that I know on Instagram or Facebook, or even for you, maybe it's your neighbourhood, I don't think they ever have a disagreement because every photo, they're holding hands or their arms around each other, big smiles. They're like, they must be 100% happy all the time. And mums, can I, mums and ladies, can I talk to you? I feel for, feel for you guys. The standard of what it means to be a mum in 2022 is impossible. If you would go off social media, they say, have it all. You can do it all. We're only human. The Instagram, some of the people my wife follows, it's impossible to live like that. She's sitting there, I assume, or me, Sitting there going, how come they get to do that? That's not fair, Jesus. That's not fair. Do you even see what I'm doing? Do you see the worry that I have, God? Do you see the concern? Men, again, calm down. I know you have pressure too, but it's not our day. It's this comparing, this competition, this celebrity-focused world. Call it the three C's that are destroying spiritual or Christianity but I think of destroying our world as well, comparing, competitive, and celebrity. 
That's what we just see, focused. Means, means we're always left asking ourselves and God, what about me, God? And Jesus implies it here to Martha and he implies it to us as well. It's much more deeper. It means humans, tell me if this is familiar to you, these type of questions. Have you asked these type of questions in the last two and a half years, three years? Are we going to be okay? Are we doing okay? You wonder, am I doing okay at this life thing? (laughs) If you have kids, if you're a parent, are the kids going to be okay? If you have parents, are your parents going to be okay? Health, is a health going to be okay? Do we, we wonder sometimes even good things. We worry about good things. Am I helpful enough? Am I caring enough? Do I love people enough? Do I care for my friends and family enough? Because in this universe, are we doing enough? And it really comes down to, am I enough? These questions are bubbling below the surface and they're made known for a moment between two sisters. And Jesus calls it, uses it for a teachable moment for her and for us. So if you've got those things bubbling below, am I enough? Am I going to be okay? Anxiety, worry. We've talked about all the worries of this world that the news will bring at you. Recession, war, rumours of war, more variants. You know, I don't even need to just turn on free-to-air news. So many things that can make us be so anxious. And then those deeper questions, am I enough? Am I doing this thing okay? How does Jesus respond? I love this. He responds with an invitation towards him. Because a flat out answer is you're probably not enough. <laughs> yeah, ouch, sorry. But Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. He gives an invitation to consider those deep worries, those deep questions of worth, purpose, and cover it by Jesus. I saw this. I like this. Is one of the kids got this from the school Mother's Day fate thing? They have a sale and it's a stress ball. They got mum this stress ball this morning. And I said, Can I take it? As soon as she read it, I hadn't seen it. And it says, You've got this. And so I imagine when she's stressed at work, she's, I've got this. I want to get them reprinted. I said, can I take this? And she goes, I think I know why. I want to get this reprinted and says, Jesus has got this. So big stressful day. Jesus has got this. And he's got you though. Because here's the switch. I'm not just saying, just give up. Jesus has got this. Here's the cool thing, the invitation that Jesus gives you. And I reckon it's really well said, obviously, by Jesus in Matthew 11. Listen to this. He says, come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Let me say that again. He says, come to me, sit at my feet, all who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Here's the really cool thing about Jesus. It's not just come to me and I'll fix it all. It's not just the best place to be at Jesus' feet. It is. But it's also the best place to live out of. There's an exchange. 
Jesus is enough and you are enough in Jesus. You are enough in Jesus. Jesus is enough and you are enough in Jesus. Kind of like the Snickers bar ad. Has anyone seen the Snickers bar ad where it's like he's real hungry and he's an angry person? So I'm doing a horrible way of explaining the ad. But you've seen it, maybe, maybe not. No one watches TV, that's all right, I watch too much. Um, there's a Snickers bar ad where the guy's really cranky and he's a completely different person. He's being aggro, he's being angry, and his mate gives him a Snickers and says, you're not yourself when you're hungry. And he chews on it and he's peaceful again. <laughs> Silly ad, <laughs> but you're not yourself. You're not your best self unless you're sitting at the feet of Jesus. This is the beautiful invitation for Martha and for you. It's not just come to me and I'll cure your weariness. It's I'll give you my yoke. So the best place to be is at Jesus' feet and the best place to live from is from Jesus' feet. You're at your best. You're not your best unless you're in Jesus, with Jesus. Jesus is inviting Martha and you this morning to let go, to cast your burdens but then to live free of them because you literally have zero control over 99% of the things that happen in this world. Give it up and then live in that freedom. You know you're at your best when you feel things are covered, hey? We're all at our best when we know things are going to be okay. I spoke to a couple of teachers before this sermon and I asked them, a couple of the qualities they see in kids that they know are loved. And they talked about a confidence. They talked about a, yeah, a confidence they brought to the school in the classroom. They talked about a look they have. They might still be a little bit naughty or not. That's not an indicator. But there's a certain peace about who they are because they're loved at home. That is the exact call for us. We are to be people that walk around and people go, that person is loved. That person is free from the anxiety and worry of this world. That person doesn't look like everyone else. What on earth is right with them? That person's cared for. That person's not running around like a headless chicken. That person is, I love it, there's a preacher in Melbourne called Mark Says and he just wrote a book and he says, it's an invitation to be a non-anxious presence. He calls that the Christian life, a non-anxious presence. We can live in that grace, that peace and that rest. I'm not saying things aren't hard, but we can bring it to God and he can look after it. So what, what's the practical side of this? How do you do this, Steve? You might be saying, well, there's heaps of things. The moment I walk out there, some of you are hosting today. So I've got a slow cook thing on now. So I'm going to be doing a bit of a after the service, how late I stay for my mum. I'll be doing a bit of a Martha thing. I'll be a bit worried. I'll be honest with you. How do I stop myself? Might be a good question. What do I practically do? And do you know what? It's great because this month, we're in a, we do a theme every month. If you don't know, we call it the Transformation Track. This month's theme is called Wielding the Word. We had a chat about it last week. You can catch it on the podcast if you didn't, but about actually using the Bible. 
This links in this perfectly. If you want to be a person that is becoming a non-anxious presence, if you want to be a person that sits at Jesus' feet more than doesn't, that lives from his feet, then you need to know his story. You need to sit in his spirit and read his story and then you find out it's your story. The Bible, 66 books, thousands of years, and it tells of Jesus winning. You know the end. You know how it all ends. He redeems you. He saved you. It is finished. You're going to be okay. It is well. Reading that, meditating that on that daily means you get to live. Not instantly. I'm not saying you'll instantly be a less anxious person seconds from now. But living in that each day brings to you being a less anxious person. Know his story, know his spirit, know he does care, know he does see you. He does know your concerns, he is involved, he is full of compassion. The word compassion comes from the same word as womb and actually talks when Jesus describes himself When God describes himself as Yahweh and gives a description, it says he's full of compassion. Gives himself a motherly trait. And I think back to that story originally. I don't know your experience with your mum. I know the people here that would cringe if they think about their mum. And I'm sorry for that. But as I tell that story about my mum and my experience and her deep concern for her son, she could have let some of that go to God, but there was a deep The reason she could let some of that go to God, I guess, is because she knows God had it. God has that concern. God has that compassion. You don't just give it to him. He goes, I'll stick that on the fridge and we'll look at it later. He's at work in your life. He's allowed to be concerned for you. He'll deal with it. He has dealt with it. He is working in it. And so I guess there are two invitations today. One invitation is to get into the Bible. I know it's a pretty stock standard church invitation, but seriously, get into it, not just because it's a good thing to do. Don't just get into it because you should, a good Christians read the Bible. Get into it so you know the story and you can live in that non-anxious story with Jesus from his feet. And the second invitation this morning, when we sing this last song, I'm going to give us a chance this Mother's Day, but I'm going to open up to all people that if you've been worrying about something, if you've been carrying something around and you need to formalise that, you need to put an action to that, then I encourage you to come down for prayer during this last song. I won't forgive your sin. I won't carry your burden. As a community, we hopefully carry burdens together, but I can pray for you and together we can let it go to the one that can well and truly handle anything you're facing. And hopefully this morning, you can walk away a bit more peaceful, a bit more at rest at Jesus' feet. Does that make sense? So let me pray now. I'm going to ask you to stand and the musicians to come up. They're playing a new one because I asked them to, so thank you, musicians. (laughs) It says, your grace is enough. His grace is enough for anything you're struggling with, you're worried about, you're concerned about right now. And so I'm going to pray and then I invite you while this last song plays to come on down the front and I would love to pray. 
James is here down the front conveniently. He's going to pray for it, with the overflow. And honestly, don't leave today if you're holding on to something, whether it's small or big, if it's concerning you. My biggest concern that I'll be bringing to God is my kids schooling. Like my mum, I worry about one of my kids. She's struggling a bit. It deeply worries me. It's only a little bit, but it deeply worries me. So I'll be giving that to God because I know he's deeply concerned about her as well. And he's a part of that and he's in that. So that'll be my prayer. Um, I might get, if no one else comes down, I'll get James to pray for me for that. Let me pray. Father God, you are a good God. Your word tells 66 books, thousands of years. The story tells us that you are good and you are winning and you have won. We can live a life at your feet and from your feet. We can live a life that takes your peace, your rest. We don't need to tell you what to care about because you're already a part of it. We don't need to point at you or others and say, do something about them because you're already across it. You're already working. And so right now, I just pray that this today we can bring some stuff to you and we can let it go. Stir within us now during this last song as we sing these words with true meaning that your grace is enough. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing this all together. Great is your faithfulness, O God.
For a sec, I don't have a quota on this type of thing, <laughs> so the board won't sit down with me and say, there's only three people that came down for prayer. I'll be okay, but I struggle to believe in this room this size that no one's carrying something they're worried about. So I'm just going to give a little bit longer, not as some sort of manipulation or coercion, but I would love to pray for you. So I appreciated James just praying for me. If there's something you're carrying, big or small, and you need to let it go this morning, this is a beautiful chance to do it. And so you don't have to do it for me. Do it for you. So enjoy the rest of your day knowing he has it, that he remembers you and he's at work. So we're just going to play a little bit and then we'll go back into that bridge in a bit if that's all right. Just give you another chance. Come on down if you're necessary and then we'll go have coffee soon.
Let's sing this bridge together again. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. And every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. People are still praying. We'll let them pray. And, um, but I'll close us off here with a prayer. And then we'd love you to join us. I know different people have different plans. But if you've got some time, we've got some cake to celebrate Mother's Day out there. We've got some tea and coffee. And so please feel free to join us out there. We'd love that. Let me pray for us this morning and we'll finish up. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the invitation you have that very little is needed. In fact, there is only one thing and it is you. That you are enough and we are enough when we're in you. Let that resonate, let that stir, let that bother us if need be this week as we change and grow to become non-anxious presence in this world. Be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us.